Welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. This is our second interview with Dr. Phil Heller on issues related to bullying. One of the interesting things that has always troubled people is where does bullying come from? Who brings up the bullying? Is it taught? Is it learned? Is it biological? I thought it would be very fascinating to begin our discussion today with this point and actually look at how the things are changing in the formal diagnostic categories as well. Dr. Phil Heller, again, is a psychologist in Palm Beach County, and he's here to join us for a second time to discuss the psychological aspects of those who bully and those who are bullied. Dr. Heller, thanks for coming back. Oh, you're very welcome. So where does bullying come from? Bullying is not born. It's learned behavior. One of my favorite books, The Call of the Wild by Jack London, talked about a dog that grows up on a judge's ranch in California and gets kidnapped to take to the Yukon, and he has to learn how to fight as a member of a husky dog team. He had to learn how to be tough. Some kids have to learn how to be tough. Their parents may treat them with nothing but ridicule and punishment, and they only learn punishment and meanness without problem solving. They have to learn to stay on top, just like the dog Buck had to learn to stay on top of the pack or else he would be devoured. The bully learns how to create power so they survive. Their friendships show an imbalance of power. The bully needs to be on top and have weaker friends. They can also be disrespectful to teachers and parents. They have an attitude. They ridicule others easily and enjoy intimidating them because they maintain their power. Their teasing has an evil intent. They are interested in violence on TV, the Internet, and on video games. They have a difficult time expressing remorse or empathy. They can be physically abusive to their siblings, their friends, or even their parents. And it is not uncommon for fisticuffs with the parents. They may destroy property without concern because they're angry. They may destroy the house. They may demand to be the center of attention. They get attention by being tough. You have to watch their boundaries and social appropriateness because they can impulsively destroy property and threaten peers. And there's no remorse. There's little remorse. So are these the antisocial personality group that we often hear about? Well, there's questions because these youngsters may not have totally formed their personality, but there is a new diagnosis called the callous conduct disorder where they do not feel empathy or remorse for the behavior that they do. Interesting. And they may be the next up-and-coming psychopath because they have no remorse. They may change because they're still young, and we may be able to help them out while they're still young. Callous conduct disorder. Hmm. They distance themselves from responsibility of the violence because they rationalize that the other person deserved the punishment. And you can always rationalize punishment. It's like a hate group. That's right. They're showing that they have power, and they show other people around them how they can victimize a peer. And people like to have a sense of power, even though it's not in the best interest of everybody in the community. So sometimes when people tease each other, it's done jokingly, even lovingly perhaps, where everyone laughs, even the victim, so to speak, laughs. Right. We can call that maybe teasing. But bullying is when it's for the enjoyment of the person who is doing the bullying and the pain or discomfort of the victim. Right. Very big difference. Right. It has a mean intent to it, not just fun. Is it possible to, well, you, you almost answered the question partially. You said that if we can catch it early enough, perhaps we can intervene. But it would seem like this is a, a very rough group to intervene with because we'd have to change their entire world sometimes. 
Well, let's start with the community of the school. Some bullies are made bullies because they have been bullied so much that they just go to the other side to protect themselves like Buck in the Call of the Wild. So it's the old adage that if someone comes and they have been sexually or physically or psychologically abused, if you go back a generation, you see that that has happened to them as well. That's the lifestyle that they've learned. Right. It's scary. And it perpetuates itself, but now it's become more efficient with the cyber-stalking, the computer, the Facebook, the Internet, and the cell phones, and detecting that you can drive someone to suicide or to violence. And you don't need to be part of a group anymore. No. But the sad thing is, is that the individual who commits suicide, everyone feels sad for them. But they will look for a reason why they may have committed suicide. Oh, it can't be the bullying. The bullying, let's turn the other cheek and go the other way. But not when it's done continually. And pressure, pressure, pressure. Can't do it. And those that commit murder, like what happened at Columbine or Virginia Tech, we don't listen that they might have been bullied because they are the monster. Right. But when you take a close look, right. they're not born that way. No. They have become that way because of their environment and what they've had to do, like you said, the analogy of the dog, learning to survive. Right. The call of the wild. Do you think that its growth has been made easier? No, I'm going to phrase that differently. Do you think that it is so much more common now because we're just talking about it or because it is so much more accessible and perhaps a basis of human psychology is finding a new mechanism of being expressed. That's how we handle our, our hostility. So where is all this going? It doesn't sound very promising. I think we, there's more awareness now because of the kids like the young girl up in Hadley, Massachusetts. And if we really take a look at the, the dynamics of Columbine or Virginia Tech or other places where kids have attempted suicide because of the bully, we're becoming more aware of how this affects our community. And I think the government has gotten involved in making certain laws about bullying, but maybe they need to be a little bit more stringent because now they're left to misdemeanors and apologies but how do you apologize to a mother of a 15-year-old girl who just committed suicide because she's been bullied by everyone in the school? Not very easily. It, it, it also has an embarrassment quality, at least from my perspective. So if someone in my family was charged with causing a injury secondary to their bullying, it's almost, it's not almost, it's very embarrassing because it's by design, it's malicious, it's not an accidental endeavor. So... What do we do, sir? What do we do about trying to reduce this growing epidemic that is frightening so many people, but we don't seem to get a handle on it? There's something that needs to be done. The starting place is in the school. Tell me how. In the school, we need to promote awareness to the school and the staff that this problem is so important, it could be fatal. Suicide and violence, murder. We need to have ongoing seminars to gain support from the teachers, from the students, to be alert and report the abuse. If they see some kid being picked on, let an authority know. If they see a kid has been in the bathroom for seven weeks and is always there and not going out, something's wrong, let's be more sensitive to this. Watch for the bystanders. Those around the fight need to be dispersed. Not necessarily the bully himself or herself, but 
the other people that go along with the bullying. Because they're, they're voting for the bullying. Right. They're encouraging it. The bystanders are part of this, too. They are cheering it on. So the young man who jumped off the George Washington Bridge, the university is part of it. The kids who did it is part of it. But the universe of people who watched it on YouTube are also complicit. That's right. It, it makes one big nightmare for a person that his only solution is to kill himself. I find this appalling because I know sometimes it happens if the person is of a different race or cultural background, they get bullied. There doesn't seem to be enough intervention on the part of the adults or maybe the churches or whomever else, the responsible people, to get people to understand each other and blend and get them to discuss their fears and so on. But sometimes, sometimes a child can come from, or an adult can come from a home that is so horrific that the simple mechanisms aren't going to work. So then we have to teach those who are bullied or the students around the bullied person to be the protectors. Right. There was one young man in middle school who was from Iran, and the, the students in the school were calling him a terrorist because he was from Iran. Mm-hmm. And we had a sensitivity training program in the school, and people realized that not everybody from the Middle East is a terrorist. It sounds simplistic, but that's what we have to do. You're absolutely correct, because when I've heard people talk about sensitivity trainings, sometimes they'll say, oh, that's so lame. But it's not. It can be incredibly powerful. Right. We, we need to continue the education in the schools, not just a one-time assembly, but continually so that we stop it. Teachers and staff must be vigilant and supervise any behaviors that suggest bullying. There are times that kids are texting in class, and the teacher doesn't stop it. Hmm. Educate children how to cope with bullying. This is not easy when you're dealing at this level of development where the opinion of your peers means so much. And you don't have necessarily the resources or the, the strength to counter it. Right. So, it, again, we keep using the word complex, but it's like a downward circle here, a cycle that can result in tragedy. But let's not say that we have budget cuts in the schools. The teachers can get together and realize that this is just as dangerous as any fatal disease that we have to have awareness to. If a kid feels that they're being bullied or being discriminated against or teased, would it be appropriate to go to a psychologist or go to the school counselor? Is there a, any rule of thumb about where to start? I think we have the school being sensitive, but then we also have the parents that need to be sensitive. Communication, again, is the key. The home, whether the child is bullied or not, should discuss bullying and let the child know that they have a right to feel safe. In that communication, one of their children may say, well, you know, one of my friends is being bullied. Find out about that, what's happening. Tune into the child's feelings. Validate them. If they feel that they're being teased or bullied, learn more. Don't rush to problem solve. Let the child get their feelings out. One of the biggest problems about bullying is that the kids are afraid to report it for retribution when they get to school. So we have to be sensitive about this. Interesting because that's what a lot of victims of incest also say. Right. Told me that if I told anybody, he would beat me up or kill me. Same thing. 
ask for suggestions from the child how to solve this problem. The kid may come up with some good answers. Suggest alternative organizations, like if they're having trouble in the school, maybe they should join the scouts or a shirt group or a dance club or a dramatic group. Get away from that school. I have heard even sometimes in extreme cases, and I'm not suggesting that this applies to everybody, but if it's particularly bad, then homeschooling or even switching schools may be necessary in in extreme cases. In the extreme cases where youngsters are committing suicide at 15, it's extreme enough. Hmm. It's got to be understood. Volunteer, the parents should volunteer to be part of some school activity. Let the teachers be aware but make sure that the teacher is concerned because sometimes there may be a miscommunication and we have a problem. So we can't automatically, even though many teachers are great people, we just can't assume that they're going to have that level of concern or interest to rise to the level of this problem. And that's when retribution may come back on. You said something a few minutes ago, and I'd like to go back to it because I think it's incredibly, you said it so quickly, but it's so important. It's don't be too fast to problem solve. Let it evolve. Learn about it. Too many times, I guess, people come in and say, this is what you have to do. A, B, C, and D, done, goodbye, and it should be finished. That won't work. No, because you have a lot of feelings here, and the child is also not only feeling the impact of the bully, but is seeing the bystanders around egging the bully on and how they're feeling about themselves and what options they may have. They are feeling a sense of powerlessness, hopelessness, that this will never end, and that's when we have the problem of violence towards the self or towards others. So we have to teach them not just what to do, but to think about why it is in other learning skill, learning of other skills for problem solving. And to express their feelings, because sometimes they get so bottled up that the one child may say the wrong thing and they'll explode and violence will ensue. We spoke earlier also about the notion of the group, the group that diffuses the sense of responsibility. So if I'm a member, if I'm a member of a group and I'm watching somebody beaten up, I'm not that responsible to stop it, perhaps, because no one else is. Right. It may also be that I don't have the courage to stand up and stop it. So if a child sees that, they should talk about that to their parent or whomever. Right. There's a classic case in psychology called the Kitty Genovese case. It happened in Queens where people were waiting for a bus. A man was apprehending a woman, Kitty Genovese. They chased her around the bus stop where people, bystanders, were there. Nobody did anything. He stabbed her three different times at the same event. Nobody did anything to help her. These were the bystanders. Because they were afraid? No, but what we did find, and we find this in other situations, is that they spread the guilt around. The responsibility is spread around. Well, he's not helping her. Why should I risk my life to help her? They're not doing that. So in a group, they spread the guilt, and nobody's going to help them. So if someone wants to bully somebody and they know the audience, so to speak, it enhances their bullying and they become immune of sorts. And supported by the non-action of the group. Or sometimes the group is egging on the powerful one. 
We see movies where the principal or a teacher stands up in front of a huge group of people and said, this is no longer allowed in this school or in this class. And that's at the beginning of the movie and all sorts of things happen. And by the end, the kids are all friends. That's the sensitivity. That's working together. That's sharing responsibility, giving them other tasks that are common and blending them and not separating them. A lot of the people who come in to start bullying, if I understand you correctly, are people who need to have that separation because that is where their ego strengths are. They can't be the member of the larger group for whatever their particular reasons are. And that's what makes it so much more of a task right. to undo this. Right. Take some brave people to step in. Right. Well, you, you're dealing with a, the adolescent group where the opinion of others is so important to them. The bully needs the opinion of others to show that they're powerful. They need to humiliate the victim. And the victim is missing out on the most important thing in their life is the opinion of the other people being positive. Very interesting. And unfortunately, we're out of time, but it brings up another subject. And maybe I'll get you back here for a third time. We've been talking about bullying amongst teenagers, but we're really not talking about bullying amongst adults. And I think that's something that we really should look at in a future interview and give it some more thought and some more consideration. Dr. Phil Heller is a psychologist in Palm Beach County. This is his second visit to us, and we thank him so much to discuss many of the aspects of those who bully and those who are bullied. Dr. Heller, thank you so much. You're welcome.